Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. So I'm here today with Mark Scarce, who is the clerk of Pennsylvania County Court. Thanks for being here, Mark. Yes, sir. So to start, I guess it'd be awesome if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your your background and how you got to be the clerk of circuit court. Well, Pennsylvania County, born and bred. I raised in the Whitmore community. I graduated from Tunstall High School in 1983. I uh, was in the Army for four years. I come back home. I worked at Times Fiber and drove truck and put up insulation and I, my goal was to always be a state trooper. Mm-hmm. That's, that was my lifetime goal. And I got accepted with Danville Police Department, worked there for a little while, and then got accepted with the Virginia State Police. Okay. So I worked for the state police, uh, went to Fairfax County and Bedford County, and then came back home in uh, 95 mm-hmm. as a trooper and worked here for 10 years. Right. And H.F. Haymore, he was a clerk. Uh always been around him and friends with him and I always picked at him. I was like, <laughs> you let me know if you're ever going to retire. I want that job. Mm-hmm. So about uh, 2012 or so, he called me and told me he was looking at retirement and mm-hmm. know if I was still interested in it. And right. Of course, I was still with state police as an agent, special agent, and and the things, everything lined up, the moon, stars, and planets, and <laughs> uh, decided to run and got elected here i am what year did you say you got elected it was uh the election was november of 2015 i actually took office january 1 of 2016 okay and the clerk of court that's an eight-year term correct yes sir okay and so is that is that pretty normal for what you were just saying you know that you went from law enforcement pretty pretty extensive background in law enforcement i think it's just the experience and being around the court system that helped me Mm -hmm. i I would think that maybe an an attorney or somebody with a law degree that somebody that had more time around the court system would probably be more qualified but uh, you know hf uh, haymore he came from the banking background when he was elected back in 1984 Mm -hmm. and so i think it's just uh you know getting out there and willing to work with people and being a public servant and help anybody that comes through the door and, and just that willingness to do that and, and be a people person. And mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and that was sort of my next question of, I mean, you mentioned, you know, the, the need to know kind of what's going on in the courts and, and being good at working with people. But what what does the clerk of court do? Kind of what are your what are your responsibilities and what do you oversee? Well, by the Code of Virginia, there are over 800 uh, responsibilities that are listed in the Code of Virginia that the clerk is responsible for. Uh, one of the things that's you know unseen is we're general receiver, or I am, if a Pennsylvania County general receiver, and that's a juvenile is awarded money out of an accident. Mm-hmm. General receiver takes care of that or has to keep up with that money until that person turns 18 years old or okay. whatever the court orders. Mm-hmm. I do that, and I, that's just a, one of those unseen things, unheard mm-hmm. of, unless you're actually involved with it, you'd never even know it right. or, or know anything about it. You know, a lot of people ask me about the court and when we run in court and when we're not running court. And court is a, it is a part of it, but it's not the large part of it. I think just being open to the public, the deeds and land records. So many people come in looking for genealogy mm-hmm. uh, research, but the deed and land records, we recorded over 6,900 and some documents last year and even with the COVID and the times we were, mm-hmm. had to close because of COVID and you just have I have two staff and one part-time that's working over there and 
some days they they'll go and work all day and and not take a lunch or they they'll eat at the desk and mm-hmm. of course my staff i have a great staff they are all excellent mm-hmm. i think and they will work they will work till the cows come home <laughs> they're all kind of conscientious of trying to help anybody that comes through the door right no and i know you mentioned the the deed room i've walked through there before and it's I mean, I, I haven't spent too much time in there, but just seeing all of the giant, giant books on the wall that are, you know, deed books from hundreds of years ago, some of them is, is really, really cool to see all that in there. Um, and I know, so, you know, the clerk of court is one of five constitutional officers, along with the sheriff, the treasurer, the commonwealth's attorney, and the commissioner of the revenue. So can you tell me a little bit kind of what does what does that mean that you are a constitutional officer and, and especially how you... I guess are are sort of a part of Pennsylvania County government, but sort of a part of the state government as well. Well, that's one of those. It's just designed by the Constitution of Virginia. It's just uh, by statute and uh, our terms and and being an elected official. But I know with the constitutional officers, so one, the interesting part is that each of you all are elected. As as you said, you're elected to go into office in 2016. Um, you know, each of those positions are elected, but then also I know the, I guess how you guys are funded is different as well, correct? Yes, sir. We are funded by the compensation board mm-hmm. with the state, uh, on the state level. Mm-hmm. I have nine, uh, full-time employees that are comp board positions that, are, you know, we get money for those positions. And then I have one that is totally county funded mm-hmm. and then the county over the years, has uh, supplemented those positions right. also. So mm-hmm. each everybody in the office has some sort of county supplement that comes with that. So right. the county funds and some of the local cost things right. like printing and postage. Right. No, and I know what you mentioned with the you know having comp board positions versus you know some county supplement or some full county positions. That's the same with all the constitutional officers that the comp board funds a lot of those positions, but then you know it's not. It's not necessarily sufficient, so then the county has to step in to fill fill the gaps where needed for our, for all five of those departments. Right, and and we're very fortunate in that aspect too, because I I do know at least one clerk where all he gets is what the comp board gives him. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't have anything from the county right. as far as supplement. Mm-hmm. You've talked about the deed room. You've talked about records. I know you guys keep up with things like marriage licenses and uh, you know concealed handgun permits, all, all sorts of things like that. And I know we've talked about this too, both when I was with the paper um, and just in, you know in general conversation. But what interesting trends have you seen in the last couple of years, and particularly with COVID, as far as what services people are coming to your office for? Well, it's still just a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. The, the gun permits, uh, with all the publicity surrounding gun permits, and mm-hmm. now they have to do an in-person class. That changed right. January the 1st. The last three days in December of last year, we received in over 400 handgun permits. We had them lined up out to that blue mailbox on Main Street. People were just trying to get in under the wire with their... You said how many? Four, it was over 400. I think it's 408. In three days? In three days. And and that was a lot of us up front working at front counter. That mm-hmm. If we took lunch breaks, it was real quick and we was right back at it. Right. Trying to uh, get people through. And they were trying to get in under the wire with their online classes. And we have a lot of renewals, people that got them five, you know, mm-hmm. they're good for five years. We're seeing, still seeing the gun permits, handgun permits. They're coming in. And of course, the ladies up front at the front counter, they're doing all the mm-hmm. civil filings and the marriage licenses, divorces, and things of that nature right. that come through. And I know, 
I mean, yeah, what, what you're saying about the concealed concealed handgun permits, I remember talking with you about that, that it is, the politics play into that so much of like what's going on in, in the national, especially national and state level politics that plays into trends as far as how many people are coming to get permits. Were, were there any changes in, in the number of marriage licenses that people are getting? I don't know that we had uh, necessarily any changes in the marriage licenses, but uh, one thing that I'd like to get out to the public, like I got a call the other day and the lady's like, we're coming in Friday. We want to get our marriage license and get married Friday. We, mm-hmm. uh, we issue marriage licenses, but I don't marry people. Right. I, I never started that. Don't plan on starting that. <laughs> uh, but we do have a list of folks that are civil celebrants mm-hmm. that will perform marriages, but you know, we give them the list and they have the names and numbers and some right. of them are preachers and some of them are just, like I said, civil celebrants and, mm-hmm. you know, they can call those folks. And right. And I mean, you know, we're talking about trends during COVID-19. I know I, I had talked to Brian Haskins a few weeks ago about the, the difficulties for them, you know, prosecuting the cases that were coming through the court systems, especially, you know, having jury trials and things like that was very difficult. Several months ago, I, we worked on, I think it was at the very end of 2020, the Supreme Court of Virginia said that, you know, jury trials could proceed if you had all of these very, very detailed plans in place. So talk to me about kind of the plans that that you guys had to put together to be allowed to have jury trials again to, to open the courthouse and how that's gone so far. Well, to give credit where credit is due, our judge, Judge Moreau, she wrote the plan mm-hmm. for that because it had to be approved. And I guess all the judges had to do it. So it had to be approved by the Supreme Court and three judge panel or three mm-hmm. judges or whatever it was through them so she had to write that and get it approved and it took a couple of times for it to go through for us to get approved we had our first jury trial in december 2020 uh, i mm-hmm. think was our first one after the <clears throat> getting started mm-hmm. and that plan it's you know some people that want to look at it it's on the website it's on the county website it's out there we're still going by it even today right we just had jury orientation yesterday we just started a new term monday with grand jury so jury orientation was yesterday so have a whole new group of folks coming in mm-hmm. for the next couple of months then well for to cover these jury trials and we have uh Probably six or eight jury trials set between now and the second week in uh, August. Okay. Uh, and that's, I would imagine, still still sort of trying to catch up on the backup due to not being able to have them for, for more than six months. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and some of these cases happened. And- mm-hmm. One other thing I wanted to talk to you about, you know, you mentioned, you know, you had someone call the other day that was assuming that they could come into the courthouse to get married um, and that, that you guys would actually be able to do that for them. What are some other yeah misconceptions about what your what what the clerk of court does or doesn't do? Well, I, I know um, like people come in looking for their septic tank plat or map, mm-hmm. and, and we don't have that. If it if it's on their plat or on their map, then it's recorded and we have that. But a lot of that is through the health department. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of folks coming in. They've got to get their uh, septic redone or whatever. And they'll come to our office thinking that we have it. Right. And and we don't. So you or, guys would have above the surface. Correct. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anything else, if it's not, <clears throat> if it was recorded when the house was built or if the survey was done when the house was built and they plotted it on there, then it's there. But nine times out of ten, it's not. And they, ha- they have to go to the health department. Mm-hmm. Or they'll come to us from the health department needing a map or looking for a survey that we don't have right. because it's never been recorded. And I think some folks that because they paid a surveyor to have their land surveyed, that it's automatically recorded and it's not. 
when that person gets a survey, they need to bring that in in order for mm-hmm. us to record the the survey. It does not record it unless they pay him to to do that. Then right. Maybe they would, but I think sometimes a misconception that just because they had a survey does not mean that it's recorded in the office. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier, you know the 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 task that you guys have of, of holding money for for juveniles until they become adults where, where it can actually be distributed to them what are some of those other things that the clerk's office does that the average person wouldn't really know about until they needed that service well i've had some that come in and and they were married uh years ago and they're looking for their marriage license whoever married them was not bonded or licensed in virginia to do such mm-hmm. so technically they were never married because their <laughs> marriage license was never turned in. <clears throat> so we've run across that a couple of mm-hmm. times and they just have to uh, submit an order to the court and have, you know, an affidavit or have some witnesses to say that, yeah, they were married on such and such date and, and they'll just do an order and a judge well, usually enters that order to affirm the marriage. Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks about that marriage license until they need it right. uh, near retirement or something for work. Mm-hmm. Marriage licenses are filed back in the court to where you applied for your marriage license. Okay. So say you go to the city of Danville and get your marriage license. Your marriage license will always be filed in Danville. Mm-hmm. We don't have access to that. Right. You can't just go to any courthouse and find your marriage license. Right. You you have to go back to whatever court you got your license. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, that's, I mean, that's all the questions I was hoping to talk to you about today. I know you guys, as you said, have a, have a lot of different, different things that you're responsible for from, from sort of managing the courthouse as a whole to, you know, all these, all these different civil things to keeping the records and the land books and, and I mean, even allowing the public to come and, and visit and, and look at those as needed. I mean, is, is there anything else that you would want to talk about or any other, any other, I guess, anything else that you would want to add? I just uh, that we operate really under the Supreme Court umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, you know, think that we're county offices or state offices and we have to follow what the Supreme Court does. The Supreme Court of Virginia. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. E- even though people look at us and we are, I guess, government entity mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, sometimes uh, like a county may have a holiday or the state may have a holiday and if the Supreme Court puts an order out that will be open, then will be open. Mm-hmm. So right. we, we kind of fall under the Supreme Court umbrella. And- mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. It's interesting. Um, well, Mark, I, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.